Welcome to the Swingers Club, a social gathering for various golfers hosted by Joe, Matt and Sam. Ladies and gents, welcome back to the Swingers Club Golf Podcast, another jam-packed show for you today. We are going to review the Charles Swab Challenge, of course. We're going to talk about Bryce and the Beefcake, of course, and we want to chat to you about crazy iron lofts. And we will reveal the picks results and, of course, go through next week's picks. But first, I'm Joe and I'm joined with Matt and Sam. Lads, how's it been? Sam, I'm going to come to you first this week. Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, it's been a pretty busy week. Quite a lot of lessons. Uh, shop reopened yesterday, so it's a bit of help there and stuff, trying to get everything sorted, COVID guide- guideline ready and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's been all go. But uh, yeah, good week. Cheers. Brilliant. Good stuff. Matthew, how's, how's tricks your end? Uh, tricks are for kids, but everything is fine. <laughs> um, I can't believe you've just gone with that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you, you went with a house tricks. Um, no, everything's everything's good, mate. I mean, you know, been in, been enjoying the weather, getting out, get a bit, of, get a bit of sun on the arms, playing some golf. Brilliant. No, no real complaints actually. Nothing, nothing exciting. Actually, yeah, no, something exciting did happen actually. On when was it? What's today? Today's Tuesday. It might it be is. Sunday, Sunday night. Um, Sunday night went up, went up for a little late afternoon game, um, and I actually made a birdie too. On the toughest par three in Suffolk, <laughs> you really think that's the toughest par three in Suffolk? Uh, Two hundred and forty-seven yards downhill. You uh, can basically hit any club in your bag to that green. In this I, uh, I'm gonna. Yeah, but you've you've got to get it right. No, not really. You just got to start it down the left. It'll probably end up close. Anything from nine that's... iron freeward. <laughs> that's a strong. That's a strong statement. A... Anyway, I hit a five iron, and. Uh, it just nice, nicely shaded on, rolled up. You've still got to hold a putt as well. Still got to hold yeah, a putt. Yeah, but actually, it is a tough green, so I'll give you that. Very what tough you, green. What made you go with a five iron instead of the nine, eight, seven, six, four, three hybrid three wheel driver that you could have hit? Uh, purely because last time I hit a four iron and nearly went through the back, so I just went one less. Fair enough. What about was you? Was it a good putt? Sorry, was it a good putt? Mm. It was a decent putt. It was. Actually, it was, yeah, big big left to right, actually. It was, uh, yeah, nice one. Just hung on left edge, actually. I thought I was going to uh, miss it on the high side, but, <laughs> yeah, just hang on. Well done, well done. Sorry, Sam, you're going to say how about me? It, yeah, I was, right. I was basically about to jump in. I thought we'd heard too much about Matt's birdie. <laughs> Matt, so I, um, I, I played the actual toughest par three in, in Suffolk this week, and I didn't make it two because it's quite a tough hole. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I'm all right. Really, really busy getting to that point again where it's like it's just mega busy, and how busy is golf at the moment? We talked about it last week, so I'm not going to go on. But yeah, no, brilliant. Thank you. Um, so to business, Charles Schwab Challenge. I'm thinking you guys probably watch more of it than me. Matt probably watched more of it than. The commentators. <laughs> Do, enjoy it. It's nice to see a bit of golf back on the telly, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it, it was it was fun. It was different. It felt a bit weird with no with no spectators, no fans. Um, I, I, I genuinely ve- ve- barely noticed. I think I I I didn't think it was as bad as what I thought it was going to be without fans. To be honest, and. There were times, Sam, where I agree with you. you. You kind of, kind of don't really, I mean, notice that much. I mean, I mean, it's like watching the Saudi Arabia event on the European tour. There's like literally nobody watching. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, um, Sam's been beating the drum for fanless goal tournaments yeah. since the podcast <laughs> started. Beating the drum. Get the fans out, they're getting away. Yeah, yeah. Sam hates fans, it basically. Was, it was nice to not hear any uh, mashed potatoes. Stupid, and... Light the candles and all that yeah. shouted after. Light the candle. <laughs> oh, God, I mean, the Americans can shout some bollocks, can't they? That's just, it was, it was, uh, I genuinely thought it was all right. I didn't, to be fair, I didn't watch like loads and loads. I watched, I fell asleep during the playoff actually, but uh, I thought, I thought it was all right. It was quite interesting. It was quite a good, I thought it was quite good seeing uh, a lot of pros that wouldn't normally play in that event playing that event, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. of course, because it's first, first one back. Mm. I think, I think you find it's, uh, it's the same, same this week as well. And it's, it was a good. You know, it was a good field. Like at one point, I mean, there was almost so many, so many stories kind of come out of the back of that. We're going to talk about Bryson. Um, you know, you had Justin Rose ditching Honma officially at the start of the week, and then kind of opening up with a sixty-three. That was the big story mm. of uh, the first <laughs> of day and, one. Big story. Yeah. Um, and then you had. <laughs> yeah. for, for Sam's much... not feeling that. You're not feeling that, Sam. No, I want this. I want this. It's just getting devalued and devalued. As I need to not nip this in the bud. It's expensive gear. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's. Uh, I know. I know why you're not happy about it. But anyway, there's. Um, <laughs> there's. Uh, there was. There was. Yeah, there was. There was other stories as well. Like for as much as there was, uh, obviously Bryson hit the hit the headlines with his size of him and, and the speed. Um, but. Uh, you know, there was uh, a lot about Gary Woodland and about how much weight he had actually lost. Um, Jordan Spieth playing good golf again. He had a bit of a poor last round, but it was nice to see him kind of back in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we'll talk about that at length in a minute. What, Jordan Spieth? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Such a dick. Um, I've yeah. got... <laughs> I've got a. I've got a little question actually. First of all, congratulations to Daniel Berger, yeah, who won avid the, list, avid listener, friend of the show, <laughs> who, who um, won on the fourth or fifth playoff hole. Uh, no, first, first, yeah, was it? Okay. Yeah. I after obviously you know I caught up with about a quarter of an hour of this on Friday night. I think. <laughs> part, 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 Are you watching part, old highlights from old playoffs containing Daniel Berger? <laughs> Must have been. He was watching a bit of Premier League years with Patrick Berger and got a bit confused. <laughs> um, I have got a genuine, well thought out question. Like, I'm going to point at Sam first, who's been done the American college thing. How come players like um, Morikawa, for example, they're coming straight out of college now and they are geared up to win? Like when a few years back, it, they, it seemed like they needed like a few years to bed into the PJ Tour, but these guys are coming out so good. Is there a reason for that? Or is it just chance they're so good now? Mm, I think the, the the standard in college is an absolute joke. To be fair, like the it's basically it's quite it's a little bit like a world tour really of junior of sort of people aged from eighteen to twenty four really. Mm. Um, a lot of play. I didn't realize how many people from like. South America, like other other countries in Europe, you get loads of Australians, loads of South Africans. It's literally, I mean, if I was to put a number on it, you're probably closer to sixty percent, probably fifty percent 
foreigners, 50% Americans, really. Yeah. So basically, a lot of the colleges are just picking the best juniors or the best young around the world, really, to go and play in it. Offering them a decent scholarship and then they'll just give it a go. So the standard is actually unbelievable. So if you're a good player in college, it does actually translate. And I think probably the bigger thing, the biggest thing is, I think, a lot of the courses that you play in America and on the college tour will prepare you to actually play on tour. Right. Whereas I think a lot of the amateur, I mean, 80% of the amateur events in England or the UK, for example, are on Lynx golf courses. Yeah, that's you right. Probably only, probably only see two Lynx golf courses on a whole tour schedule, if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's, that's probably a big part to play, uh, just off the top of my head. No, no, that, that's a really good answer, to be fair. So the main thing really is just the standard of the colleges is just... Oh, the standard is an absolute joke. I mean, it's it's well weird, though. I mean, there's there's guys that I played with that I thought, he's going to make it. Like, there's absolutely no question. And then there's a couple of other guys who I played with. I played with that Carlos Ortiz quite a lot. Mm. Um, he's won, like, I don't know. I mean, he's won, like, four, like five million quid on tour or something. It's like, yeah, it's mad, man. It wasn't that impressive. But there's a couple of other guys that... You hear a lot of stories like that. Well, I mean, like, Tyrrell Hatton's that story, isn't he, as well? He, well, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, a little bit. What is in the opposite? As in people saying he wasn't as impressive or... Yeah, well, you're saying, Carlos Ortiz, you didn't think he was going to go on to earn that kind of money on tour. Yeah, oh, no way. I didn't think... If out of people I'd have played with, I wouldn't have picked him to, to go on and do what he's done. No, it's quality, isn't it? Yeah, it's really but good. Fair play. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. And that's, um, that's really good. So congratulations to Daniel Berger and Colin Morikawa, who's definitely going to be some player, isn't he? Um, mm. But he hasn't, he hasn't missed a cut, has he? Yeah, he's going to break. He, he's, he's on for like Tiger Woods's um, most consecutive cuts made from turning pro, isn't he? Yeah. Really? He's on 21 and the record's 29 or something like that. Mm. Wow. Then what did Tiger then go on to do after that? Was it like 80 oh, like, or 180 something? something <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> Flash in the pan. No, like what you're on about, his, his actual his, cuts record. Yeah, his actual cuts record. Oh, it's like it's, it's literally like 120 or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah we need silly number. Because he took He's... maybe Sam Sneed's record on that, I think. This is good speculation without anything to back it up. I don't really know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Googling it. Uh, 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 Tiger Slam. Tiger was set all-time PJ Tour record for most consecutive cuts made with 142. Wow. Who, like... who, who's second, Holbrook? Tell me, Sam. Uh, that's, like, that's like seven years worth of golf, that. He pretty know, much did. Scary, and I do remember him missing one, and it was just the weirdest thing. Yeah, he's scary. What is his what's what's his rookie cuts record? Uh he says Woods beat the previous mark of 113 straight tournaments without missing the cut that was set by Brian Nelson from nineteen forty one to nineteen forty eight. It's not far off. Sam Steve, from, Brian so Nelson, Tiger mate, Woods mate. Tiger Woods went from February nineteen ninety eight to May two thousand and five. <laughs> he made a cut in every five six. Yeah, so over seven years. Seven years without that is an absolute cut. joke. Yeah, seven years. But anyway, right, from Tiger to the biggest talking point on tour, which is Bryson DeChambeau and the sheer size of him. Um, I've nicknamed a segment in my notes here, 
rice and the beefcake. I don't know if you're allowed to call people beefcake anymore or I'm going to get lynched for it. But, I mean, how big has he come back? Yeah, he's a big boy. Some, some of the things that was floating around. I mean, it's stuff like this. When stuff like this happens, it makes me realise how much I enjoy certain elements to social media. And some of the uh, some of the pictures and gifts that are just kind of floating around over the last few days have just been brilliant. Like Bryson's head on Marshmallow Man at Ghostbusters, <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. And uh, there was another one as well. It was um, it was a big, big, big old American boxer. Oh, Butterbean. Butterbean, yeah. He's got Bryson's oh, face on Butterbean, yeah. and that was brilliant. And... That's a bit harsh, though, because not, it's not like he's in terrible shape, is it? No, no, no. It's just, obviously, it's just such a massive a massive contrast to, to how it was. Like, you look at yeah, the before yeah. and after photos. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, you just look like a rugby player. Yeah. Um, what else did I see? Somebody took Bryson looks like he's eaten... Eating himself, like he's eating a Bryson. Bryson looks like he's eating Bryson. Like no, he kind of does a bit. Yeah, a, li- a little bit, a little bit. And he, apparently, he's gone from a, a medium t-shirt shirt to an extra large. Oh yeah, he's like... definitely an XL. But again, again, he doesn't he doesn't look out of shape. He just no, he doesn't. Yeah, and yeah. the hard work that must have taken. I mean, people are looking at him. anyone that looks at him and thinks he's fat is very undereducated. Stupid. In, yeah, in that area because he is the calories he must have had to consume because there would have been good calories as well he must have been trying to consume like five to six thousand calories a day and working his bollocks off in the gym to, to change his size that much in that much time mm. yeah it's, 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 it's interesting it's quite ironic actually because he's gone from a medium to an extra large i'm trying to go from an extra large to a medium and i'm just not having as much success at it as what he's <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, though, yeah, well, I'm still eating five to six thousand calories a day. That's my problem, <laughs> <laughs> and probably not the kind of like lean uh, protein dishes that Bryson's. Nah, doing. nah, nah. Um, I've I've read somewhere. I think he, he he had a proper workout, or he trained like three or four times a day. Like that's that's insane. That is what, insane. Lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, to uh, to get it to where it was, because that's that's a big transformation in the space of like three and a half months. Yeah, it's mental. Um, it's absolutely mental. Yeah, but is it is it is it is it going to give him longevity? It's not sustainable, though, is it? I, one, I don't think you can actually you can't walk that many rounds of golf, like five hour rounds of golf, and not burn calories, can you? I don't think. I think you're going to have to work so hard in the gym to yeah. actually ma- maintain that. Yeah. So, is, is his distance is going to be all over the show? Is he going to use his, lose his putting touch a little bit? Or I think it's just so many different. I think it's interesting. Don't get me wrong. It's like interesting to watch. Yeah. But I just can't see if if you go on like a, a a stretch of playing, say four tournaments in six weeks. I genuinely don't think you can work out enough to keep that level of muscle or mass on. Can you? Like, not with not without think... serious potential of burnout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's there's an element of um, ability there, and some of the numbers that that were that were on display like uh, are absolutely insane. I'm seeing a lot of people. Um, I think Colin Montgomery's come out and he said like, "This has got to stop now. The ball's got to be changed." Blah blah blah. And like, I'd get that if we now saw kind of Bryson dominate. And mm. if he was winning every week and he was out driving everybody every week and his, you know, his, his game was just off the planet all round, like, I kind of understand it, but he didn't win. 
and it's kind of like he's just trying to give himself an advantage. Yeah, and... I um, I disagree with you a bit because I think why if that's how golf is, he's worked his way up to to play golf as it is now. We it's like almost like changing it because he's got good at it. Yeah, I, it's one of them where I find it, it's 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 a bit. I've I can kind of see both sides really. I think the ball. The, I think they should try and make the ball spin a bit more. That's what I think. So you can still hit it far, but it's just a little bit harder to hit it straight. I think. I think he's starting to prove that. So basically, the technology's probably got to that point where he's he's put on like I don't know what it is. Say ten mile an hour worth of clubhead speed, but he's mm. hitting it no wider. I think that sort of shows what the how good the tech the tech is now. Or how good the players are, and how good he is. Yeah, but yeah, but I think you're going to be like, I don't, I don't know if you can do it in that short space of time without compromising a bit of accuracy. I don't think. I mean, do, do you also think like if you was to get him on a course that's maybe set up a little bit tougher with rough up to you know your knees or you know like would would you expect him to come over and be able to kind of hit it as far as he wanted to and then go and find it and then wedge it onto the greens mm. you know on any of the open rotor courses it's all relative though isn't it because if he if he's got that much speed and he hits it that far he gets to the tee where you can't hit a driver he hits two iron further than everyone else as well doesn't he and they're all going to be making the same choice it's like if you take the top 10 players in the world they're all top 10 because they bomb it they're all in the same boat and anyone like who really doesn't hit it far, that does still hit it like straight left to the nudge driver up on those holes. Their driver isn't going to be much past Bryson's two iron. True, I see it. But, I mean, if you're watching his like swing though, like his literally his follow through is like a twenty handicapper. It's just like absolutely all over the show. But yeah. it's just flying straight. Mm. That's and that, and that's the part. Like I I think that's going to cause far too much strain on his body. And it is interesting. Like I mentioned Gary Woodland earlier. Like, so Gary Woodland's lost a load of weight during this period because mm-hmm. he wants longevity. Like he wants to be able to keep going for another 10, 15, 20 years or whatever the case may be. And has he has he been quoted in saying that though? I heard somewhere like he's he's just been eating better. Basically just like stopped he has not been travelling, therefore he's been eating like home cooked meals rather than like restaurant cooked meals. And saw, he's just kind of done the same regime. I saw it on social media, so it must be true. Hundred percent, hundred percent of the time, it's correct on yeah. Twitter. Um, um, but that's that's, so that's what, what so I'm led to believe. That, that's yeah. He does. I don't know. I think he does look better for it, actually. Gary Woodland. Yeah, he's like skinny though. Yeah, I. I I'd be interested to see his numbers. It'd be interesting to see his numbers actually, whether they actually dropped at all. I don't reckon they did. Well, I mean, I've got to admit, like. Those that know me know that I'm a little... I fluctuate up and down in weight quite a lot. And generally, my my golf club data doesn't change at all. Doesn't... Your your, your swing speed doesn't change whether you're weighing in at seven stone or eight stone. Well, no, it's more like... I, I do. I fluctuate a little bit more than that. To be fair, I don't give all my details away on the on the podcast. But generally, I swing it at the same same speed and hit it at the same distance, and I can be three stone one way or the other at any given time. Shut up. <laughs> Freestone, you reckon? If you're in between yeah. the cups, maybe. 40 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, with my lockdown cut at the moment, I'm weighing in heavy. <laughs> yeah. 
I know that feeling. You, what do so you reckon? You have forty pounds difference between your lightest and your heaviest. Yeah, any uh, any given January, really. <laughs> forty. Yeah, about three stone, whatever that is. What's that? 13, 14, That's like forty-two 14. pounds. Yeah, yeah, about that. Seems a lot. Mm, I'm gonna have to agree to disagree on that. Oh, fuck off! Fucking no, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> Master Gale. forty. Forty yeah. pounds. Yeah, like that is if, like if I ridiculous get... amounts. You'd be yeah. like obese if you were forty pounds heavier, mate. If I get really out of shape, I can hit like fourteen and a half stone. And if I get like really good shape, lean, like it's more like eleven and a half. I don't know if I've, I might have never seen you at fourteen and a half then. No, I try not to get there too often. Jeez. <laughs> same, same, mate. <laughs> I think I think I weighed fourteen and a half stone once when I was like twelve. <laughs> anyway, can we can we move this on a little bit? So yeah, yeah, yeah. What we what we voting for, right? So you've got to have you're going into a golfing career. You've got to have one shape. Are you Bryson or are you Gary? Mm. I'm I'm Gary. Oh. Holbrook's Gary. I don't know. I think I think if maybe if Bryson is your natural, do you know what I mean? Some people are just naturally like quite thick, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, no, a few of them. But I don't know if you're naturally as I don't know. As, I feel it's a difficult question because. Uh, well, so am I? Can I? Can I be Bryson? But I don't have to eat like seven protein shakes a day and work out f- twice a day. Oh, I don't know about that. I think you've got you've got to live the so, lifestyle as well. Oh, so I can't. Just be, <laughs> I can't just be like a brick shit house with no work. <laughs> well, to be fair, I only thought about this question about thirty seconds ago, so the rules yeah. and regs haven't quite come into it yet. But. Um, it's, I mean, it's, there's so many like, ums and ahs to the questions, though, because like, Bryson could do what he's doing. He could have like five amazing years, and then he, his, like, he could do a bit of a tiger. Like, his knees and his ankles could just be absolutely shot to bits because he's swinging it yeah, well, 30 that's, miles that's an hour. A, that's the risk you take answering the that's question. That's the risk I'm taking. I feel like you're overthinking it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll go Gary then from that, from that respect. I feel like I value my ankles and knees. All right, yeah, fair enough. I what about I, you then? I think I go Gary as well. Oh, I don't. I don't boring, yeah, it's a bit boring. Um, shall, shall, whilst we're still on the Charles Schwab, but we've uh, solved the Bryson Beefcake uh, conundrum, shall we just really, really quickly just get like the picks out of the way? Just gloss over it, yeah? What are you talking about? I've got an absolute <laughs> scroll of gloating to get through here. To be fair, like this is uh, this is what the fifth. Will it be the fifth week now of having done picks? So. Well, fourth. No, it's if, fifth. You, if you include Next. the if you include the nine hole challenge that Joe's trying to claim, <laughs> <laughs> the nine hole challenge. So anyway, I'm off the mark um, after nine hole challenge. So is Sam going to be left on zero, or is Sam going to be off the mark? Drum roll, please. Do, 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 do. We all know he's off the mark, don't we? He's all yeah. off the mark. It's free one, one. Congratulations to Jordan Spieth for being the uh, highest ranked player outside the top. <laughs> Can, whilst whilst we're talking about this, we need to throw I need to throw something out there because he genuinely had a chance to win like the back nine Sunday, and I was going to make mm. a full on 
presentation that you should at least get triple points for a win. Do you know what's so funny about that is when Jason Day started, he was like two under from four or some first day. I was thinking about trying to claim that you get like at least triple points or more, I think, for, for winning. But you lot, honestly, I, think, I think it's got to be like five points. Really. I think it should be. Um, what I tell you what is a really good idea because obviously since lockdown commenced and we didn't do any picks a lot of our listeners are new and probably don't know what the bloody hell we're talking about so can i just quickly explain the rules yeah yeah go on um so basically the swingers club pod picks is where sam matt and and myself all pick a player who we think is going to place highest in the tournament that week, but they have to be outside the top 50 in the world rankings. That's the big thing. And then we also have a, a listener um, shout out their pick as well. Again, has to be outside the top 50 and it's the highest place. So for all last week when we, so who did we have? We had Victor Hovland, Jordan Spieth and Jason Day. Obviously we weren't thinking that they were necessarily definitely going to win. We'd have probably gone with John, John Rahm or Justin Rose, or I'd have probably gone with Daniel Berger. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they are the rules so if we make that really clear so Sam Jordan speak was good because he is, place really high it is worth pointing out as well that um, when we've got both tours the European tour mm-hmm. um, I, I, I actually funny Which... enough I can't remember but I don't know whether we're doing a pick on each or you can choose no we, you, you pick the tour what you pick one player doesn't That's matter it. what tour they're on and then the number they place is the number yes. you have yeah mm. And Matt and Matt found a loophole that he just literally chose European Tour every week because the average ranking is that much higher. Yeah, Matt yeah. found a way of of winning, the, the and loophole. that's what it's all about. The loophole. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. The loophole, loophole, Matt. And there was so let's, let's face it. Asterisk, let's asterisk face it. By the win, I have got. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I've I've also got this this theory about picking European players even on the PGA Tour. Um, but there must have been a time, Sam, Sunday, where Victor Hovland was just going on a little bit of a charge and he finished on four under and Jordan Spieth just wasn't kicking on because there was only, what, two shots in it? Three, uh, three shots in it in the end between Victor Hovland and Jordan Spieth. Um, didn't, even look, didn't even look at it, mate. Did, didn't go that far down, no. Didn't go that far down. <laughs> my, leader, my leaderboard doesn't scroll that far down. No, no. Um, middle, of the, middle of the pack. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm going to move on before we get to my pick. Oh, yeah. How did you get on? MC Hammer. MC yeah. Hammer. As always, but I'm pulling it out this week without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, yeah. Are we going to do picks? Should we do picks now? I think, I think picks is the place to be because I'm excited about mine. I think it is pick of the week without a shadow of a doubt. We are it's... at uh, Harbour Town for the Harbour. RBC Heritage. Can you hear this? Good golf course. That's the, the scroll. That's the That's scroll. Being un- unraveled. Of yep. reasons why you picked... Someone is going to finish second. You, me. Can uh, who's going first? Can I go first? I've, you, got, I've got no spare, so I might need to go. Oh no, revive it! Yeah, go for it. Okay, uh, my pick for this week is Brandon Grace. I love okay. that pick. I and, love it because um, it's not mine. Yep, yeah, don't need to explain anything about it really. I think just a good player. Golf course is a bit tighter. Um, position. Has the ball under control? Can hit it low? Can hit it high? Good player. Okay, cool. I do love that pick. Do you know, I'm I'm a big, big Brandon Grace fan. I tip him every every year. I feel like he's going to do well in a major. Um, 
yeah, he always seems to put a low round in somewhere. I really like him as a player, actually. Um, I'm, I've decided, Joe, I'm I'm going next because last week, technically, you stole my pick. Yeah, okay. Um, and even though it worked out for the best, um, I just don't I don't want it to happen again. I was so nervous. This is my player. Go on. Um, okay. Well, all right. I'm just going to go straight in with it. So, my, my pick this week is going to be the postman. Oh, Ian no, it is my player. <laughs> oh, absolutely devastated. Um, so, oh, so, last week, so last week, I was going to pick Jason Day, and I let Joe go first, and he picked Jason Day. This week, I picked him. So, I'm going with oh. Ian Poulter. Ian Poulter's track record uh, in this tournament, 2017 mm. tied 11th, 2018 tied 7th, 2019 tied 10th. Um, and he had a good show last week. I mean, he had a couple of... Uh, level par rounds last week but still managed to tie a 29 finish um, so yeah so I'm going with Ian Poulter now I did have another one written down Joe I'm quite happy for you to take my second my second pick well I tell you what no I'm not going to do that I, I, I actually half put some thought into it this week as well I don't feel, I don't feel bad at all oh dear um, okay well what I'm going to do I'm going to what am I going to do what am I going to do I'll tell you what I'm going to do did Jordan Speed go into the top 50 after that or not? Uh, no, I don't think he did. Let me just double mm. check. I'm having Jordan Speed. Uh, no, he's 50, 55th. I'm having Jordan Speed. Is that allowed? Is that allowed? Of it's allowed. It's a different tournament. A recycled pick. It's yeah, he's got, he's, he's got to have a Yeah, he's got, he's got to have a pick. Can't let him not have a pick. <laughs> Thanks well, I'm not saying charity. Not have a pick. I'm just saying he's got to pick someone who's not been picked in the last week. Have I? I? No, I don't know. I don't care. I mean, I don't know many other golfers. So shot is shot is loaded in the last <laughs> round, anyway. Well, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, Joe, you can you can stick with Jordan Spieth, or you can gamble if you want and take my my second my second choice. What are you doing? Stick or twist? Can can you say what your second choice is first? No, nah, that's that's part of the fun. No, nah, I'm sticking yeah. with Spieth. <laughs> my my second pick was going to be Jim Furyk. Yeah, oh, that's going to be a bad shout, isn't it? Two-time, nah. two-time winner, two-time winner, two-time runner-up. No, I'm going to go Jordan Spieth. I like Jordan Spieth. Um, we also have keep, a guest pick. Keep one eye on yeah. Jim Furyk this week. I guarantee he finishes higher than Jordan Spieth. Um, that would be funny. <laughs> Matt, have you got the guest pick to have? Yeah, so um, uh, just a quick shout-out. Firstly, thanks to uh, Mr. Thorndike for getting in touch last week with uh, his pick of... Who was his pick last week? Ryan Palmer. Ryan Palmer. That's it. Good knowledge, Sam. Where did he um, come from? Where did he finish? Do we know? Thanks even more, uh, for picking, uh, <laughs> Thanks even more, Paul, for picking someone who had a mare as well. Yeah, he had a, <laughs> he had a miscut. Um, so we had uh, we had one shout out from Stewie, Stewie Buttle, the hole in one hero uh, this week. Um, yes. He he actually also went with Jordan Spieth. So uh, actually, so he said Jordan Spieth or Luke Donald. Um, but the pick that we're actually going to go with, uh, which was the first one coming, was from Aaron Bowen, um, who went with JT Poston uh, as his pick this week. Who had a strong finish last week, I believe. Um, but yeah, if, uh, if anybody that does kind of message us in with their picks, don't be put off if we don't pick you. We try and keep it random and keep it fair for everybody. Um, but I just went with the first one that came in this week, uh, which enough. was from Aaron. So. Thank you very much, Aaron. And they are, they are your picks. So we have Sam with Brandon Grace, Matt with Ian Poulter, Joe with Jordan Spieth, and Aaron with JT Poston. Put a little, um, put a little asterisk for Jim Furyk. 
<laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you remember that. I'll just put my pen down. Um, right, so we want to finish the podcast. We've got a quick fire question. And in typical Swingers Club fashion, I haven't got to hand with me who it was from, but it was a good question. I remembered it. Um, so I wanted to get your guys' take on it. It was about iron lofts and how they're getting so, 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 so strong. And maybe irons should have the lofts on them instead of an actual number. Um, obviously, it seems to me like the manufacturers are making them so strong to make them look like they're going miles and therefore sell more clubs. Um, but what do you guys, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Should they go back to old school? Should we let them carry on as they are? What do you think? I think for me, right, it's something that's definitely kind of, I've kind of mellowed in my opinion on this over the past few years because I used to get so caught up in like what other people were hitting and how far people were hitting certain irons. And like now, like I, I generally, I don't care. As long as I know my numbers, I could have random letters put on my, put on my irons and it wouldn't make a blind bit of difference to me. As long as I know how far each one's going and what it's going to do for me, like, mm. That's the most important thing for me. I do understand where people come from. Uh, you know, when you compare six iron A to six iron B, um, you know, one's claiming that it's the longest ever six iron because it's going 180 yards and the last one's going 160 yards, but the lofts are five or six degrees out. Like, I get it. It's it's maybe a... Uh, it's marketing. It's a ploy to sell clubs. So I understand it. Everyone's trying to get one up in an industry. So, but... Just don't, just don't get, don't get so wound up by it. I see some people just go mental about it on social media, and I think like, just honestly, just, just let it go. Like, it doesn't matter, really. No. What do you reckon, Sam? Um, I don't know. I think iron play, at the end of the day, is about control, isn't it? It's about knowing your distances and about being pin high as much as you can. Um, but when you see the breakdown of some of the sets, like it's absolutely hilarious. So you get like a twenty-four. 24 degrees six iron and it's like you've got absolutely nowhere to go for like your four like your five four and three iron like the three iron is basically just null and void really really isn't you've run out of loft Mm. so therefore you need like people just putting two different wedges in aren't they so it's like you have essentially five you're gonna need five wedges you need a pitching wedge of your set then you're gonna need a pitching wedge that's actually pitching wedge loft (laughs) <laughs> which is still going to be, which is going to be six degrees difference probably, which is going to therefore mess up the gapping. So I think it's one of those where you, you can't really fall. Well, I just say maybe just be careful and don't fall victim of having a, you know, not a weld gap set for the sake of hitting. Well, basically well, what I'm trying to say is don't be, don't be fooled by the marketing. Basically you have to look at the lofts and you have to make sure that your set matches up. Otherwise you're going to have a big gap in a really critical part of your set. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely it, it, right. It does. It also does. It does link back doesn't it, to the conversation we had last week about wedges and why you're starting to see a lot more wedges in, in people's bags. And Sam, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Like I think we mentioned last week It's very soon you'll start seeing kind of 44 degree, 46 degree wedges in people's mm. bags because the pitching wedge is going to be so strong Ooh. lofted. It's going to be like... It's, like, it's going to be like 42, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, mm. yeah. And then people, are, like, like Sam said, people are going to, you know, great, you can hit your pitching wedge 150 yards and you can hit your gap wedge 110 yards. Like, yeah. Or your 50 mm. degree wedge 110 yards. Like, 
you've got a, a you're gonna have a forty yard gap before long. So, mm. and and it's right, you know, a, a lot of people struggle hitting longer irons. So in theory, if you, if your six iron is that of a five iron or a four iron loft, that's just going to become harder to hit in theory. And yeah, and do you know you what? Know, There's some some companies where it's not just the loft; it's the length as well. I don't know if you spotted that, but mm. like, like looking through like students' bags over the past four or five years, you look at their seven iron it's not just the loft of my five iron or in between five and six iron but it's also the length of it as well so it's not like it's just a loft thing like some companies have literally made a seven iron of five iron and <laughs> that, is, that is just as simple as that and sam you summed it up perfectly like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna add on to anything you said because i couldn't say it any better it is that area in the bag in between pitch and wedge and, and the rest of your wedges where you're just left with this gaping chasm mm. where you need to get really really good at hitting kind of like knock down half shots with that kind of 42 year old 42 um loft, degree loft of pitch wedge and that's a really hard thing to do with that club with like the amount of cavity on it with face on it uh, it's designed for distance a lot of the time in those sets. It's a hard thing to do. So you are left with left in a really tricky situation, I think. Mm. I mean, it's, it's one of those as well. A lot of the technology is actually like, it's actually making it quite high launch. So sometimes they are actually coming off at quite a decent height, if you know mm. what I mean. But you've actually, but then you still, you still, you still do have that gap in the bag, don't you? It's like, mm. I mean, we, we saw, I mean, I'm sure it's not liable because we can, they're the actual lofts. You can't really say it. So it was like, a, was it a ping blueprint was, a ping blueprint six iron was like 30 and a half degrees. Yep. But then a tailor-made M2 was like 24. 20, yeah, 20, 25. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, that is, that's madness really, isn't it? Same club, mm. that much difference. But then obviously the tailor, like the, the, M, the M2 is going to be like big, quite quite chunky is going to be forgiving and the sweet spot is going to just send it isn't it so that i mean not only is it going to be that much stronger but it's going to have that much more technology on it to be i mean the difference in the one club could be i don't even know 35 yards something like that maybe yeah i mean how i would defend uh taylor made in that instance is i i don't think they're claiming anything different either they're made for very different players Oh, definitely. I mean, and I'm not trying to say that they're, they're necessarily competing in the same market, but what no. I'm trying to say is that if you do have a 24 degree six on, 25 degree six on, whatever it is, you are going to need to do something in your bag to compensate for that. Agreed. Agreed, totally. But... So, I mean, we, we, we actually don't think there's particularly anything wrong with it as long as people know. Basically, that's, the, that's the important thing. I think, I think when people buy clubs, though, and and it might be actually no it wouldn't be i think when people buy clubs from someone who sells clubs the the person selling the clubs is not going to say to them by the way your seven iron is equivalent to most people's like five and a half iron that's that's the issue so you kind of leave thinking or not not you generally like the some golfers will leave thinking they've got these amazing magical irons and not actually know about that massive gap they're being left. So I actually think this is quite an important message for a lot of people listening. Uh, the, the, um, the, the, message, the message for me would definitely be don't get sucked in by marketing hype. Go and, mm. go and hit clubs. Go and try as many different clubs as you like. Um, I think get or as, or as fitted you... as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I'd, if, if, you're, if you're going... 
I'm gonna be careful because I don't wanna I don't wanna kind of label certain people. But if you're going <laughs> if you're going to get fitted for a new set of clubs purely on the basis that you want to hit your seven iron 10, 15 yards longer, like, I think you're I think you're shopping in the wrong area. I think if you want to do that, go and see a pro and have some lessons, and they'll tighten up your dispersion. And on average, your your distance will be a lot better. For example. Mm. Um, and I genuinely cat... think that if you want if you want distance, there's there's other ways of doing it. It's it's very, for want of a better term, it's very lazy thinking. Right, I want to hit the ball further, so I'm going to go and buy a, a set of irons, which basically means my seven mm. iron is now a six iron. Yeah, the other yeah. the other catch with that kind of set of clubs, and again, we'll we'll carry on saying tailor made. Um, what do we say? M six M two M two. Um, because we know the loss. The other catch with those kind of improver style. Um, type golf clubs is the dispersion from front to back can be massive as well yeah so you know through 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 10 shots you might feel like you've hit 10 reasonable shots but there sometimes could be 20 yards difference between between front and back yeah. so that's in, in what you gain in general length you get the odd one that comes out like an absolute exercise and the odd mm-hmm. one that kind of comes out a little bit dead um so your dis- your distance control even though you're hitting it loads longer might not necessarily be loads better mm. Mm. Do you remember? And... I remember when I first started playing golf. Right, you used to look in someone's bag, and they'd have they'd have a driver, three wood, five wood, mm. possibly a hybrid, maybe not, because I don't think they were that popular when I first started playing. Then you'd see a couple of long irons, but like like Sam said, like how it's going with the wedges at one end of the bag, you see more wedges. You're starting to see less and less woods in people's bags as well. But I know that you know four woods are uh, probably a lot more popular these days than. A five wood is because yeah. people people don't have room in their bags for three and a five wood like they used not, to. Not only that, to be fair, like club club golfers, your general average golfer is not going to see much of a difference in distance between a three wood and a five wood either. No. So I do think like I I kind mm. of steer most of my students away from a three wood if they've got a five wood in their bag because it's it's harder to get off the ground. They're going to launch at similar speeds. The one that's going higher is probably going to carry pretty close to the the one that's going going lower anyway. So you end up with two clubs that do pretty much the yeah. same thing and one's mm. just slightly harder to use. Which I think I think was also one of the selling points about there was a bit of a forward boom, wasn't there, when you know all of a sudden people were buying forwards because you had kind of the best of both. They were slightly easier to yeah. hit maybe than a three yeah, word, but totally. they was going a little mm. bit further than a five. Um yeah, and it was kind of you're getting the best of both best of both there. Um mm. I think oh, yeah. going back to the actual, I think kind of the the original point is, you know, like if you want to bomb something, you want to bomb the driver, don't you? The 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 different. I mean, you look at the difference in Justin Thomas's driver swing between his iron swing. Like it's so much more in control. It's you know, it's not as much about distance. Whereas you look at his driver swing, like especially when he's trying to hit one hard, you know, both feet are off the ground. He's like using everything he can to get that extra yardage. But then, obviously, he's not applying that same technique to his irons, is he? He's, he's it's all about being pin high, and a bit more I mean, finesse. Eighty, eighty, no, ninety. I want to say ninety percent of holes, the trouble is always long. Like there's always more trouble long than there is short. Yeah. And therefore, if you bring in, you know, if you've got a back pin, you, 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 you've got no real idea as to how far that's going to go. If, if, you know, if if you're hitting it. If you're trying to lever this seven iron, therefore you're going to lose the control, aren't you? So I've got an interesting it's... question then, Sam. So 
if one of your players comes to you, and this is completely, I haven't thought about this either. If one of your players comes to you, and you know how traditionally, um, I think golfers would be advised if they're kind of right in the middle of the road to avoid the kind of hard to use clubs and go for the difficult to use, uh, the easy to use clubs. So you know, you, you, how common is the quote? Um, oh yeah, my mate wanted a set of blades, but he couldn't hit them. Right, but would you now say that you could almost send people in the opposite direction, get the kind of the more kind of bladey type club, because it stops you from having that massive flyer all the time? Um, I, th- I mean, it's hard to generalise everybody with the same brush. I think once yeah, you get to a certain, you know, once you get to, a, I don't really want to put a, you know put a number on it, but obviously if you get to a point of consistency where you know, you, you need to be powering more holes than not, or you need to be, you know, you need some sort of element of control of, of distance control where mm. that's when, you know, I'd really probably be starting to look at the set makeup or maybe the equipment and say, you know, right, if if you want to get better, this is maybe not going to be the best way to it. Um, but I, gen- I do genuinely think there is, there, until you get to a certain point, like it doesn't, you know, if you have a bit more consistency with, within your own swing i think it it generally doesn't overly matter what clubs you're using essentially is that, mm-hmm. i don't know if that's a bit of a, a bit of a broad generalization no, no, i think I, I think that's i think that's fair it's, it's quite it's quite, um, it's quite a broad question though as well right because like I, the amount of times over the years i've seen youtube videos that are titled can a 12 handicapper hit blades can a 14 handicapper hit blades like in mm, my opinion thing yes, is, yes yes i, they, I mean they i can. learned I learned using blades like when I very, very first started. Like I was setting my old dad's blades. Yeah, same, same here. Um, and to be honest, it's probably not a bad, not a bad way to go, really. Yeah, it makes you a bit tighter. Um, just you know, if you get the feeling, you actually get the feeling of finding the middle of a of a club and how hard it can be to find the middle of it. And also, you know, you find the puzzle on a set of blades every now and then. It's you get to learn pretty quickly. Yeah, um, no, I completely agree. Well, it's no different to all the kind of like, um, kind of the mental training aids and stuff like that. Like, put, like the putt out, for example, putt into that tiny little hole. What's the mm. difference between the kind of the philosophy behind that and and using a set of blades to start? Yeah, I think I think the only thing is I think about uh, think about. I mean, we're getting way down a different topic now, but I think for 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 me as a like fourteen year old lad who had all the time in the world. Yeah, give me a set of blades because I, when I first started, I played. I could play nearly every day. Whereas, if you, on the other hand, if you take that to a guy who's, I don't know, for example, say thirty, he's got two kids at home and he gets to play once every two weeks. Throwing him a set of his dad's old blades is probably not going to be the most enjoyable experience for him. So maybe, yeah, maybe true. yeah, maybe you do give him a set of chunkier irons, and and you know give him a bit of cushion and, and and a bit of forgiveness in the toe in the toe and the heel and and, and maybe he'll enjoy it a little bit more yeah it's totally awesome for courses isn't it yeah diff- difficult one yeah no absolutely um and there we go we've as as usual we've gone way off kilter and not really answered anything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there Sound we go effect. No, what we've basically what we've basically said to summarize that point is we basically said that Go for it if it makes you happy, but be very aware that you're going to have a massive gap between pitch and wedge and whatever your next wedge is. 
and just yeah, know your numbers. We we nailed mm. it in the first twenty five seconds, and then we talked bollocks for, a good, <laughs> for number fifteen. Yeah, but that's kind of like the charm of us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. All right, quality. Well then, lads, have we got anything else to say tonight? Just um, no, really. Just uh, I, I we we I think we're gonna eventually gonna get like a little kind of shout out section at the end, don't we? But just um, I know we mentioned it earlier, but big uh. Big up to old Stuart Buttle for his uh, for his hole in one last yeah, week. Absolutely mm-hmm. top man, friend well of the played. show. It was friend a pleasure, pleasure being there to witness it as it as it went in. Even though we didn't really see it go in, but I was sure it went in. He wasn't so convinced. So it was a nice moment when he got up there and mm. checked the hole. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, Stu, I'll have a nice uh, moot cider on you, uh, Stuart, when there's uh, when the bar reopens. I've had yeah. a, I've had a few beers for him. To be fair. Um, no brilliant good stuff and obviously as always just thank all the listeners thank everyone who's getting involved thank everyone who's leaving a review and five stars and all that stuff and and thank you boys for for joining me as ever see you see you see you next week and we'll speak to everyone next week take care everyone